1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, right here on TojiNet and Pararex Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, on the far coast of a f- foreign land, is the gold standard and ghost hunter, Mr. Steve Parsons.
0: Congratulations to the Patriots, I believe, is in order. Why? Didn't they win something?
1: Yeah, they won something. So, there you go. go. They won it before as well. Yeah, once or (laughs) twice.
0: I thought it was six. So, why are you asking me this if you know all this? Because I'm passing congratulations. Yeah. You like like that sort of stuff. I love football, but that's besides the point. There we are. It's something to celebrate in this doomy
1: winter weather. No, it's not do me. It's uh, springtime here. It's 60 degrees here. In, uh, I'm up at, Gors- at Groveland, so uh, there you
0: go. Exciting
1: really? times. I saw a picture
0: today that showed the
1: Whittier Bridge
0: uh, surrounded by ice.
1: No, no. Beautiful out here. Everything's melting. 60 uh-huh. degrees. Wow. So there you go.
0: Once again, go. Fake, fake news. Fake news. The Whittier Bridge on I-95 was not surrounded by ice like it showed on Facebook today.
1: I have no idea what the Whittier Bridge is, so I, it very well could be, but it's not you have. Any- We've it's
0: driven not, over it often enough. It's not anywhere near me, so there you go. Uh, it is. Hmm. We've driven over it together many, many times. If you say so. You know the bridge on I-95 as we come out of Salisbury and head down towards uh, Boston and Salem? The no, one that, no the, clue. the one that they spent two years working on? No The construction site? I have no clue. The Joseph
1: P. Whittier Bridge? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's probably surrounded in ice and snow, of course, because the river it would be uh, shipping all that stuff down there because that goes right into the ocean. It's very close to the ocean there, so.
0: Ah. Anyway. There we are. So, there you go. So, anyways. Uh, I haven't dreamt what? I think I hadn't dreamt it. I hope so.
1: Anyways, I did want to – got a couple of things we want to talk about. first one is something that I, I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but it, it, once again, it happens in England. Everything happens in England. I, I can't believe this. It's just like – oh, you guys have the corner on all the ghost stories. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but uh, in the uh, – I don't want to go through the whole thing because I already did this on the uh, morning edition. But in uh, 1687, there was a uh, captain, a merchant captain, uh, and he was on the island of Straboni with a couple other merchant captains, and uh, they were shooting rabbits. And all of a sudden, they saw two men swiftly running up the the beach, and uh, Barnaby, one of the captains, recognized him as his neighbor from uh, uh, Gravesend. Uh, a grave end, I guess it's called. Uh, gravesend. 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 Yep. gravesend. And uh, the other was a Black Phantom. And he Black Phantom chased uh, his neighbor right into the mouth of a volcano and he perished.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that wouldn't have happened on in Britain. They were British uh, captains, but you're talking about Stromboli, which is off Italy, isn't it? An island off Italy. The volcano? Aren't you? Hello? Alright, uh, what happened to Skype? It's all gone very quiet. Can somebody tell me whether it's him or me? Because if it's him, he can keep talking, I'll keep talking, and if it's me, I'll shut up and let him keep talking. No, no idea all have gone very quiet. Uh, I'm not actually aware of that particular story but I am assuming that it's referring to uh, the volcano in Stromboli because there are no active volcanoes in Great Britain or at least not that I'm aware of and there certainly weren't in 16 in the 1680s in fact uh, I don't think we've had any volcanoes in the British Isles for some considerable time. Steve, can you're not a clue? Uh, As to the actual uh, version of the accounts, uh, it's not something I'm aware of. It's not something that I uh, have heard. Well, can you hear me now? I can hear you loud and clear. I was just saying that. The the events obviously didn't take place in Great Britain
1: because no, didn't, you didn't let me get that when you talked
0: over. Really, I lost me or whatever. Yeah, you, you disappeared. I because I was saying that if you t- referring to Stromboli, the volcano which is in Italy.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yes, they were on. They were obviously on holiday. No, they weren't on holiday. They were. <laughs> uh,
1: so, anyways. <laughs> so you may have
0: gone on holiday.
1: I might have went on a holiday. So, anyways, the four there was three capt- four captains, and, and a merchant, and they were on the ra- island shooting rabbits. Uh, they saw two figures right up the beach. One of yep. them, uh, Captain Barnaby, recognized as his neighbor, Mister Booty, and uh, he was chased by a black phantom who chased him right into the open volcano and uh, disappeared. So, when he returned to Gravesend. Um, Mrs. Barnaby, uh, he told Mrs. Barnaby. Of course, Mrs. Barnaby told Mrs. Booty. And Mrs. Booty uh, did not like that idea and sued Mr. Barnaby for slander. And they was arrested and taken to court. So what had happened is at the exact time that they had seen this Black Fathom chase, uh, chase Mr. Booty uh, and Aunt Straboni? Uh, into the gates of hell, the volcano, uh, Mr. Booty died in England. So they had all noted it. It was 30 members, uh, four captains put it in their log, as well as 30 other members of the uh, ship's company, uh, all noted it in the log. It was officially in the log. So it came to trial. And uh, they brought in Mr. Booty's clothes, the clothes he died in. And the three other captains who did not know Mr. Booty uh, said that those were the clothes that they saw of the man running. And uh, so the judge said 30 witnesses cannot be wrong. I dismissed this case. And so he was found not guilty and set free. Quite right, too.
0: But isn't that isn't that an interesting case though? I mean, we we, we... It, it, it it's a fascinating case and represents one of the most uh, frequently reported types of phenomena that that uh, we know of in the paranormal, that are referred to as ghosts. And these are called the crisis apparitions. Yeah, and they are so well attested by many, many, many people. There are thousands of cases. I think uh, I think many people could direct directly relate to those experiences in fact um i know of several people who have given me their first-hand accounts of such experiences right. uh, when when somebody and uh, these accounts have not just come from people we know i mean the very, uh, or sea captains, these have come from people who are very sort of high-standing. Um, uh, sea captains that. were high-standing, by the way. I, I'm, I'm talking about um, there are there are members of the Houses of Lords, there are so senior right, members right. of the military, there yeah. are judges, there are, all manner of people have come forward with these bizarre tales that, uh, whilst they didn't know that somebody had died, mm-hmm. um, they, they witnessed the person... Um, who they later found out was dead, either mm. I, either at the precise moment that the the, the, uh, the person that they found out subsequently died or mm. shortly afterwards. And they're actually, um, you know, they form a whole classification of phenomena and experiences. Has there
1: been any, I mean, the parapsychologists, have they looked at this and, and oh, come up gosh, with yeah. their, any of their theories?
0: Not the fit. Well, of course, parapsychologists will always say that you know, waffle on about it being hallucinations or you know, people were thinking about something else. But but it has been uh, studied, um, and it was it was actually one of uh, one of the earliest phenomena that were researched by the SPR, Um, and they published the results in their mega work, Phantasms of the Living. Uh, which studied over 17,000 reports. Is, it, is that a published uh, book? It or? is, but it was published in the 19th century. So uh, there's no copies available, there's no There reprints. are, there are still, I mean, you can still find it, but... And, and what, what is it called? It's called Phantasms of the Living.
1: Phantasms of the Living, okay, thank you.
0: And uh, they they basically, it was a big survey done of, you know, what, what people experienced. And the vast majority of experiences that people were were having mm-hmm. were... Of these, uh, you know, and that's why the book was entitled "Phantoms of Living." It was either um, what we call crisis apparitions, or indeed, most bizarrely of all, actual phantoms of living people, um, who were able to seemingly locate themselves or or translocate themselves into each other's houses. <laughs> um, you know, when so are we, are we talking doppelgängers? No, 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 no. Um, what we're talking about is people who would, and this isn't a phenomenon that, ha- that we see anymore. Um, obviously, crisis apparitions we do, but yes. uh, this this more bizarre one of of bilocation or translocation of thought oh, form. sort of
1: like Padre Pio.
0: Well, no, more of a thought form, because you would have, uh, in fact, uh, some of the um, members of the SPR tried experimenting, and they would they would retire to bed. Um, and they would think about one another or think about visiting a particular friend. So astral projection. Right. Uh, kind of, yeah, that would be the modern interpretation of it. Um, and the results of the, these independent experiments that they were carrying out by thinking about one another and thinking about visiting one another, mm-hmm. in many instances, uh, the other person independently would come forward and said that they saw the apparition of the person actually walking into the room or standing at the bottom of the bed or standing by a chair. Well, see,
1: I'd have to know a little bit more because if the person knew that the other person was – Thinking about it, once again, we have that same thing where it, it's... It's, yeah, well,
0: it's. What I'm saying is that when the experiments were conducted, one didn't know that the other was doing okay. it. Well, um, yeah, you did yeah, make, yeah, I didn't, I didn't make clear. that clear. I didn't make that terribly clear. Yeah. Um, and yet, you have this sort of bulk of reports. Now, they seem to they seem to have... Uh, people seem to have changed track uh, in the 20th century, and those sort of experiments Weren't carried out or, or, or aren't carried out uh, as routinely, or if they are, they're not reported on, because we seem to have lost these what were fascinating, truly fascinating examples um, of people's experiences that were, you know, should have been. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, they were challenging mm-hmm. because they they were. They were fairly well carried out experiments, despite what, you know, some modern psychologists would lead you have you to believe or the skeptics would claim afterwards. They were well conducted experiments. Um, they were well reported and well documented at the time. And so one is left with the. Uh, the only conclusion is that something very untoward was taking place. Hmm. And Intriguing. it doesn't happen anymore. People I, I guess people are too busy rushing around. Um, or light the pace of life has changed. Something has changed. Well, people uh, would rather
1: go out in dark locations, well, yeah. and shut all the lights out and look for ghosts and well even, even any that's any com- serious yeah,
0: that's, research. Well that's comparatively recent, isn't it? I mean we, we only really get that from the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. Um but i i think you know the victorian's seem to be uh, they they got better results than we than we seem to have done now it could be argued and it has been argued um that perhaps they were more credulous than we were or perhaps they were um uh. more susceptible to suggestion and belief but they were i mean you're talking about some some very intelligent people who were I mean, this was the, age, the great age of discovery when all of the, you know, the sort of the, the main elements of of our present world, in chemistry and physics and in biology, were being discovered. And we're quite happy to accept those discoveries. But when they start talking about, well, I could visit my friend last night and walk into the bedroom and my apparition was seen there, people go, oh, you're talking waffle again. Yeah. It's
1: <laughs> we're cherry well, sounds picking. like you,
0: Steve. Well, no, what? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that they were wrong. I'm saying that it's absolutely fascinating.
1: No, when I bring up things, you say, "Oh, it's you don't agree with me. It's absolutely waffle. So, well, because
0: uh, you it, tend to bring up stuff that's absolutely waffle. <laughs> <laughs> In essence, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but what? But I mean, there is no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt that that there was there was something fascinating taking take, take, take place at that time. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, you look back over the, the sort of uh, the early days of photography and think back to, just think back to the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. Oh, I love that. Uh, now, that was taken in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was taken on an old plate camera. Yeah. Uh, we have thousands of, Digital cameras on every ghost hunt in every haunted uh, building have yes. CCTV. We don't have those photographs. We, we can you tell me of, of another photograph that is as compelling and is withstood scrutiny as much as the the Brown Lady of Raynham? You can't that I know of. Exactly. Look at the early days of um, electronic voice phenomena research carried out by Rowdiva and others. Um, mm. You know sort of in the 50s 60s there was there was experiments before that and look at the the really quite challenging results that they were getting and then compare that to the modern day investigator with very high-tech recording equipment and it's capable of of extraordinary things um, in terms of audio and acoustic analysis where are the evps where are the evps of those that are that challenging, something has right. changed. I, I would say that we are the ones who are credulous and we are the ones who are not looking properly in our, in our rush, as you said before, in our rush to get ourselves onto social media and take our results onto um, YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're not looking properly, are we? Not. Or, or the phenomena have changed. That's intriguing too, because yeah, there are lots of. It could be that that our world is. It's been argued by some researchers that um, the nature of the environment has changed substantially since the Victorian era. In the Victorian era, for example, people tended to get up with the sun and go to bed with the with the sunset. True. Uh, people were very comfortable about. They didn't have the distractions of radio and television and Wi-Fi and Netflix and now TV and twenty-four hour twenty-four hour entertainment. They didn't have this constant noise um, around them and this electronic sort of hash that that we have today. Um, they were used to. <laughs> I was going to say peace and quiet solitude. They were, mm. The world was a quieter place. Uh, lives were paced differently. And people were perhaps more in tune with a part of the environment or a part of themselves that allowed these um, apparitions, allowed these communications, allowed these experiences to take place.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I agree. But, um, you know, that's that's one of the that's one of the problems, though, with EVPs nowadays is because there is so much uh, electronic uh, information being thrown into the atmosphere, into our environment. Uh, You know, it's almost a pollution where it it makes difficult because we pick up something on a on a recorder saying that that's the voice of a ghost. I mean, it could very well be this noise pollution that that is just being dumped into our environment
0: uh, day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute. It could be, or it could just be. Um, it could be a mixture of that and also the fact that the people are just so keen to have something. That, mm-hmm. I mean, you you can do EVP research now with a phone app, you can do EVP research with, you know, you can go out and you can buy a very uh, sort of a, a dedicated EVP device that, that claims to do weird and strange things, I mean of course. Steve, Steve Huff's Paranormal Boxes the Vox. there's all manner of devices that claim the to produce that claim to produce electronic voice phenomena, and yet when you look at the, the, the listen to the, the the evidence that's presented um, or even consider the way it's presented um raudiva people talk about class a and evps now the classification system was designed was devised by raudiva to explain uh, how clear and how uh, understandable avoid these communications were so a class a would be as good as me talking to you down a telephone line. Right. Yet today, you get Class A EVPs that I put headphones on and listen to, and I can't make head and a tail of. And you even
1: know what they are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we, we've. We rely on technology to the point of um, it becoming the only thing we rely on. We mistrust our own senses. We. We lower the boggle threshold a great deal as well. Um, you know, the critical, the idea of thinking critically about a phenomena. I mean, the amount of times I read an investigation report, and you see, you see the line, um, and you know that you know which way it's about to go because it says, uh, "X heard a sound, dis- um, that we could not explain." Now, they put that in their evidence file. They heard a sound that they can't explain. The assumption is then that it was paranormal. Well, if you can't explain the sound, it only means that you can't explain, explain the sound. It could equally mean that you didn't bloody get up and have a look. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at these investigation reports and you see that more, there's five, six people sitting in a circle. They hear a sound and they go, Oh, what was that?
1: yeah they're fun things
0: and then then they glance around and say well no everything's fine i can't see anything untoward or well, i can't explain it then mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's the desire i don't think they actually want to explain it i think they just want to experience it and that in itself isn't a bad thing you know i mean if people are going along for a night out in a haunted house and people mm-hmm. have been doing that for generations mm-hmm. um you know back in the 17th uh, century people went they stood oh, did, on did they do they stood on mass outside uh, the house at 33 cock lane hoping to see the poltergeist the fox sisters were inundated with people visiting the uh, the the homestead mm-hmm. wanting to see for themselves the antics of the ghost of the peddler People are, are always keen, and I've got no problem with that. If people want to go and spend their night in a haunted house or have you know, go and see if they can see the ghost, then that's all well and good. But then to claim that they're investigating it is where I start to have issues. You know, I've got issues with that because.
1: Oh, I know you have issues. <laughs> yeah,
0: and we don't need to go down that avenue again, otherwise, it just ends in a horrible rant. As usual. As usual. But I, I honestly think that we're doing doing ourselves a disservice because we are the generation that are the most technologically savvy we are the generation who should by all rights crack and solve many of the the, the puzzles that still remain you know we've found the higgs boson i don't know where it was hiding but we managed to find it we've we've, we've we're on the verge of discovering dark matter and yet the thing the, the question of ghosts which the Victorians were getting you know, some really challenging results from their experiments. Mm-hmm. We're just rank amateurs alongside them.
1: Yeah, I mean, but even back in Victorian times, we had people that fabricated. I mean, of course, know, we did. like there were you know, always people were. like Mumba, Mumbler and William Hope, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, even the coddling fairies. Uh, <clears throat> we, yeah, so
0: of course, uh, yeah. I mean that—that's the nature of—and you can you can take that back even further. Um, the, the 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 story of Cochrane that I talked about earlier um, mm. was was fabricated, or was was uh, legally shown to be fabricated. However, a review of, of the uh, case, which was done in recent years, has suggested that perhaps it would be more akin to a poltergeist. Um, but of course, there were, i mean—in every—in every. In every uh, area of society. There are even, people, even in science, right? When it's yeah. People, people. There fake, are fraudulent fake, scientists. There yeah, they men, fake their results. Yeah. there have been many examples of fraudulent science. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in every area of, ma- of man's endeavours, there will always be somebody who realises that there's a fast way to make a buck, or a fast way to make make themselves famous, or elevate their status. And there have been fraudulent mediums since the earliest days. People, uh, you know, people cottoned on to the fact that people were gullible and people wanted to hear messages from uh, the other side. Uh, During World War I, uh, there were several uh, quite uh, vocal newspaper headlines and stories railing against fake mediums because obviously with the the carnage that was taking place on the Western front. Yeah. Uh, people were anxious to know that, or to have a message from their loved ones. And there was no shortage of people who would sell them lucky charms and would offer them protection or, or would offer to give uh, messages from the other side, from the, you know, from, from the um, uh, loved ones who had who'd been killed in battle. Uh, There were peddlers selling all manner of protective devices and charms and spells at railway stations as the troops left. It was chaos because that's the nature of people. They will always try and find a way of making a buck.
1: Yeah. So I know we're coming up to the break. Uh, And so uh, we're going to take a look at something a little different when we come back. There's a uh, a notable scientist, I guess he would be notable, he does have credentials, and he's talking about how he has been watching an alien spacecraft uh, visiting our solar system. So uh, we're just going to take a look at that, a little bit different, something... So anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles, even though we're going to talk about aliens, (laughs) right here on TojiNet and Pararex Radio with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick. We'll be right back after the following messages. Mysterious and spooky They all talk ugly gooky The Fair family The shows are paranormal Not stuffy but informal The topics are abnormal The Fair
0: family They're strange Deranged Unrestrained So grab your favorite
1: crew It's time to rendezvous As we give awards to The Fair
0: family of ghost chronicles the international edition and mm-hmm. um, we've put the world to rights about electronic voice phenomena and the lousy way in which we investigate the paranormal in the 21st century did we really before we turn our eyes to the heavens mm-hmm. and an alien visitor seen in our solar system mm-hmm. so are you familiar with this article are we talking about the Harvard astronomers and uh, yep. what what do they call it? Umu, 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 umu. Uh, yeah, it's mua. easy for you to say. Umuamua. Huh? Umuamua. Is
1: that how you say it? Yeah. It means uh, scout. Yeah, it means, uh, it's called Umuamua. A Sculpt in Hawaii. Yeah. Umuamua. Umuamua. Yeah. So they're considering it as a light sail floating in interstellar space as debris from advanced technology equipment. That's a pretty jump, pretty big jump, don't you think?
0: Um, well, why can't alien life exist? Oh, why I am saying alien... why
1: can't, but I'm just saying how do you make
0: a jump from that, from this well, piece it... of crap that's floating in space? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could just be a piece of crap, couldn't it? I mean, they can't get a good look at it. Um, Or should I say shite? Shite. They. um, I mean, there is obviously something there. It's obviously something that's doing something very unusual. Everybody should agree to that. Yeah, it's there. It's doing something that ordinarily is unexpected and unusual. Um, But equally... um, to then say it may be an alien craft, well, I mean that's a bit of a punt, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, if you look at this guy, he was—he's very reputable. Harvard astronomer. Yeah, very reputable. Uh, He's—you uh, know—he's he, published in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, and he's—he's uh, he's done some other stuff. Uh, so. Anyways, I think his name is. Let us his name. We should give it because if we're going to.
0: Avi Loeb.
1: Loeb Avi? Is that Avi how you say it?
0: Loeb. Well, it looks uh, like it. Loeb. L O E B. Yeah, Abe. Must be. Uh, uh, Abe. Abe. Sounds Maria. like. Sounds yeah. like uh, well, anyway, I mean, he's the chairman sure of Harvard's big. Department of Astronomy. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, he's produced a paper along with another Harvard researcher, and basically they say that this. Interspeller space, uh, space Rock, which was discovered in October of 2017. I do remember when it first came um, aboard. And I've seen it, actually, too. Yeah. Really cool. Well, I mean, according to the, you know, it, it's unusual, it's elongated, and it's on this unexpected trajectory. Right. Um, now, they claim that that rules out conventional possibilities, including asteroids. Uh, mm-hmm. So they named it Oumuamua. Moa. Um, oh not? And immediately captured the attention of the astronomy world because, you know, they obviously wanted others to get a look at it. And and they say it's the first object to come from interstellar space. It's nothing we have seen before. It looked peculiar in almost every aspect. Now, interestingly, that sentence that he says... Um, is it's like a sort of uh, oxymoron because it's the first object to come from interstellar space. Which is not true. Well, he then adds, it's nothing we have seen before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we don't yet know what is out in interstellar space right. because not very many things do come in from interstellar space. I mean, mm-hmm. the asteroids come and go. Uh, sorry, the comets, comets. Comets. Come and go. Now, this could be you know, I mean, it was only a few years ago, um, relatively speaking, that we didn't know anything about comets. It was only a few years ago that we, you know, we're discovering new, new near-Earth uh, uh, passing asteroids and space l- lumps of rock yep. that, that, you know, spring up on us out of the blue or out of the, out of the darkness. We are still learning a great deal, and this could be. However, I can understand why they did it. Because like, you all can. these, well, yeah, because what you need to do, if you're a researcher and you want funding, then you have to get your paper noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can say if you can throw in a line that says, well, it could be an alien craft. Well, I mean, it could be an alien craft. But it, look what happened. He wrote that. And it's an, it was on every newspaper, uh, headline, and website within hours. Now, that is a fantastic way to get publicity for your research program or department. Hmm. So, and, and and it's not wrong. So I better do one up for ghosts right away, right? Well, it's not wrong, is it? I mean, it could be an alien spacecraft. Because a bit like ghosts, we don't know what an alien spacecraft would look like, Um. You know, oh, but so many people do. Well, yeah, they think of Star Trek and the flying, sauces. And flying saucers, flying sauces. but you know, flying we, wedges. I suppose in Area Fifty-One they might know better than us. However, yeah. the general population. All right, the Hollywood studio. Yeah, the general populace uh, doesn't. We haven't yet encountered one that we can say unequivocally is an alien spacecraft. So we don't know what they would look like. It might look like to us a lump of rock. Um, it might look like a shiny silver disc. It might look like any number of things. So it's, there's nothing wrong with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, if you were going to, if you were going to, um, you know, sort of punt some publicity your way for your research program or your, you know, university department. Get some uh, attention, you know, headline grabbing attention, mm-hmm. then stick one line in it saying it could be an alien craft boys.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what's and, intriguing, is, <clears> is it, it if you if you see the picture of intriguing. Yeah, I'm you, looking at one now.
1: It you know, it reminds me so much of uh two thousand one Space Odyssey.
0: Oh the monolith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the black monolith.
1: Yeah, it's like okay, it's not as polished That's cuz it's been beat up a little bit. But uh, you know what? The first thing I saw is wow, that's uh, 2001 all over again. Uh, but uh yeah,
0: I mean we we can't say it isn't, I guess. Uh, and I you know, it it's it's bizarre and it's fascinating and It is. It, there's nothing wrong with what they're saying. Um you know, but to then say that it's a solar sail uses light as a means of propulsion, which could explain its behavior. Well, interesting. I had a look when I first saw this uh, a few months ago. I had a look at you know, light sail technology because NASA were, were, were examining uh, the use of light sails right um, back in the 80s and 90s. Actually, we still... Well, <clears throat> and in fact, um, a light sail... Uses um, it, it isn't an invention. What, they, what NASA realized is that all objects like comets and asteroids and other assorted lumps of rock floating around are affected by, um, by effectively light, mm-hmm. uh, by photons striking the surface of the object. And over, over millennia, this tiny, tiny force from the light shining on one side or the other Mm -hmm. Um, differentially on an object, causes changes within its motion. And they said, well, we could use this idea and uh, develop it into a propulsion technique. So every comet is affected by light sail technology or the light sail uh, means of propulsion. Um, So, again, it's not a wrong claim but then to stretch it, uh, the, the other problem being is unless you're actually going to sit down and read the entire paper, which I haven't done. Uh, and me we neither. <laughs> we are kind of reliant on the on the newspaper Fake interpretation. News. And they they do tend to skew it in this. I mean, they will make a big deal of uh, certain sentences and paragraphs. Um, it says a moa moa deviates from a tra- trajectory that is solely dictated by the sun's gravity. This co- co- could have been the result of cometary outgassing, um, but there is no evidence for a cometary tail around it. Moreover, comets change the period of their spin, and no such change was detected for he said, And Loeb says, I welcome other proposals, but I cannot think of another explanation for the peculiar acceleration of Oumuamua. Um, <clears throat> now, other astronomers fairly naturally disagree with him. Do um, Yeah, quite a lot of them are saying that, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But what he's actually saying is, this is something we haven't encountered before. It's doing something unusual, and he's doing what all good scientists do, which is putting forward <coughs> possibilities. He's not saying it is an alien craft. He's not saying it is doing something. He's saying... It's possibly one of them doing this. It's possibly that's possibly an explanation and without further research and, and therefore give us more funds and we will research it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and it says, I mean, there's um, a number of astronomers have, have criticized his conclusions, um, uh, particularly the lack of any direct evidence pointing to the alien influence. And others have derided the paper as attention seeking and damaging um one one goes on to say, an astrophysicist says the one thing you have to understand is scientists are perfectly happy to publish an outlandish idea, even if it has the tiniest sliver of a chance of not being wrong. Um but until every other possibility has been exhausted, even the authors probably don't believe it. Yes, I, I agree. So it, it you know, right down at the bottom what they're basically saying is Publish, and we get the funds, and we get the headlines, and we get the attention that we need, because science is very underfunded um, these days. You know, even even the likes of Harvard, um, except for the drug companies, except for the drug companies. I mean, there isn't a. You know, I suppose in in the grand scheme of things, um, when focus is on walls and brexits and other things, the amount of money left over for finding out what a lump of rock floating past the sun in an unusual way is doing is actually mm. fairly limited. And the the amount of time that they, you know, they, they, they can, uh, the, I mean, you know, Hubble has got research programs uh, lined up for it until 2029. 20- mm. Um you know, you can't just suddenly say, "Oh, hang on a minute!" Just spin the telescope around, because there are millions of dollars um, in in research funding that's waiting its turn in the line to to have its f- sort of few minutes or few hours or few weeks on on the on the equipment. You know, you can't just spin Hubble around and take a peek, or you can't just send a, a space. That's amazing. On.
1: That's that's well yeah. well worth spent money. Hubble it telescope. is and there's a
0: new one now isn't there they're getting a new space telescope
1: yeah.
0: um, fair a enough more, a, a more powerful space telescope it's a bit late in going up but they're it, joining it i think later this year mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it's, it's 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 interesting i mean there's no doubt about it because i you know things to do with space have always been uh interesting for me and um I think it, it 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 kind of when I first saw it I was reminded of that other um more nonsensical piece of space rubbish that, that keeps popping up on social media. Have you seen it? Black Knight. Yes. <laughs> now refresh I saw up. That, wait, you gotta you gotta the refresh black, up. The Black Knight is an alien satellite that has reputedly been orbiting the Earth, observing us for ten thousand years. That's nice. Um now, how quite how they knew it had been there for 10,000 years when it was only found a few years ago. Um, yeah. And every time, you know, pictures of it have appeared or the space shuttle has apparently got near Probably it. Yes. NASA deletes all it's the photographs. Yeah, NASA keeps deleting all the photographs of it. Yeah. So there are no photographs of it because NASA keeps deleting, pressing the delete right. key. Um, but, yeah, you've got these people who say that they've either telepathically communicated with it or the aliens that are controlling this remote observation yeah. probe called Black Knight. And quite how they get the, the, the idea that it's been there for 10,000 years. The um, aliens
1: probably them.
0: Well, I was going to say, they have to because you can't suddenly discover something and then say, oh, well, it's been there 10,000 years. And it's like, yeah. we've known it was there all along, unless it's part of that giant NASA um, conspiracy.
1: I'm glad you bring that up because that's actually one of the things (laughs) I wanted to talk about because it's now proven that, according, we've got now a piece of evidence that proves that we never went to the moon. Oh, another one. Yes, because this is is intriguing. It's based on uh, real scientific work. Uh, One of the most intriguing samples retrieved by Apollo 14 by astronauts appears to have a terrestrial origin so the moon rock they brought back uh came from earth yeah so it goes to show that it really wasn't a moon rock it was just a rock they took off earth and pretended that they
0: collected it well is, is it or is it because if i remember rightly if i remember my science and astronomy mm-hmm. rightly the moon is actually part of the earth mm-hmm. because if i re, if i if i recall and i am sort of i'm a bit rusty on this but the theory as to the formation of the moon is that the Earth, in its sort of embryonic era,
1: yeah, it was broken off from the
0: was was hit by something and knocked a chunk off that right. eventually became the moon. Right. So the moon is actually a part of the Earth anyway. Yeah. So the finding that the oh look we've got this piece of moon rock hey hang on a minute it's Earth rock it's not really that that's, astonishing. That's, is.
1: that's if The
0: moon really exists. Uh, Well, do you know, do you know, I think the greatest um, answer to that is that NASA, every single 24 day, uh, 365 days a year, NASA, since July uh, 1969, have been carrying out an experiment um, with a piece of equipment that was left on the moon by Apollo 11. Uh, I probably wouldn't mind. Um, and
1: basically, this <laughs> yeah, that's they, just in some laboratory in Arizona. We all know that.
0: Well, it's not because it's been independently done by lots of researchers around the world. Yeah, they're Basi- all a conspiracy. Yeah, that'll be why. Because basically, what they did is, um, Armstrong and Aldrin stuck a mirror, to all intents and purposes a very you know a, a mirror on the moon, and every no- and subsequently. Um, every day since then to measure the distance from the Earth to the Moon, NASA and other researchers around the world have been aiming a laser beam at the mirror and timing uh, how long it takes for the laser light to get to this mirror and back again. It's just painted on the dome, you know that. (laughs) Well, it might be, but um, the biggest sort of nail in the coffin for man didn't go for the Moon didn't go to the Moon took place was it two years ago? When one of the uh, re- satellites, the uh, lunar mapping satellites, uh, managed to take photographs of the, the Apollo 11, 12, 14, and 17 landing sites, complete with um, like the bits of rocket uh, lander that they left behind. And um, all the tracks from the the lunar rovers. And, yeah. uh,
1: and the six-pack that they left there, the cans.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it had to come because we've got, you know, we had these uh, lunar mapping satellites. We couldn't have gone kind of to the moon. moon.
1: You, you actually believe that the Chinese could actually have a rocket that went to the dark side of the moon? That's ridiculous. They're well, not, not that smart.
0: They're That's not that way. smart. Well, it's not the dark side of the moon. It's <laughs> as light as the light side of the moon. It's just the side that we don't see because it's on it, because the, the way the moon rotates. It, that's the side that's painted on a dome. Yeah, mm. um, but well, you've also got to remember. <laughs> Excuse that me. The Chinese put a satellite, uh, put a, a vehicle onto it. That's fair enough. That's. Uh, they're not the first to see it. That was, um, you know, both the Russians and the Americans have had uh, craft onto the far side of the moon and photographed it in quite incredible detail. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's dark to, you know, from direct view from Earth. But it's it, it's like the, like the sort of the Earth-facing side of the moon. It still has two weeks, you know, sort of 14 days of sunshine and 14 nights of darkness, like, you know, like... The whole, Because the moon is... Well, it might be flat, I suppose. They haven't come right. up with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably. But, but, you know, this idea that uh, that we didn't go. Well, somebody put the bloody mirror there. Yeah. And it's been there since July 1969.
1: Some of the paint from the moon clipped off, and it's just a reflection <laughs> underneath it.
0: Well, there's a bit of your rubbish up there, isn't there?
1: Yes, there is. Anyway.
0: Or actually... It, it might not be because was your no. bit it, was your bit inside the the bit? That no, 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 lifted? no, no, no. My empire went down. Yeah, but did it stay down, or was it in the bit that came back up to the command module? Oh, or... yeah, that's that's intriguing. God, it's been so long. Because the command, the the. Yeah, you're literally... right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely but right. But then that went back down. To, that was then crashed deliberately into the moon. So, ah, so uh, it could be there then. All right. That's so right. the size. Well, after they, after Aldrin and Armstrong, and in fact all of the other astronauts had, had climbed back into the Apollo um, command module. Right. The lunar uh, excursion vehicle, the bit that came back up, was then turned around, except for one. I think Apollo fourteen, which is in orbit somewhere else, on its way to the sun. Um, they were all turned around and smashed back into the moon, in order for seismometers that had been pre-positioned by the astronauts so that they could determine more about the Moon's internal structure from the... They basically hit it to see how it would ring like a bell.
1: Yeah, good idea.
0: So, um, yeah. So it'll be there in pieces somewhere, your Hickey.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> Anyways,
1: uh, moving on, staying with astronomy. Uh, astronomers have picked up a very unusual repeating signal from a distant galaxy, and nobody knows what it is. Known as a fast radio burst, the signal is a powerful burst of radio waves that despite lasting mere milliseconds, generates as much energy as the sun does an entire day. While several of these bursts have been picked up over the last few years. This one, which is coming from a source 1.5 billion light years away, is particularly unusual because it appears to be repeating. It is only the second time a repeating fast radio burst has ever been detected by scientists as things stand. Its exact nature and origins remains a complete mystery. It has been suggested that these repeating signals could be evidence of intelligent aliens. Knowing that there are other suge- Wait a minute. Knowing that there is another. <laughs> Have we heard
0: that line before tonight?
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and what? Uh, and with more repeaters and more sources uh, available for study, uh, we'd be able to understand these cosmic puzzles and where they're coming from and what causes them. So, uh, this is from a uh, astrophysicist, Ignat stars from the University of uh, British Columbia.
0: And doesn't that sound exactly like the story of Uumuamua? Uh, we this. We've discovered this, maybe, this, this maybe thing funding. Well, we've discovered this thing that's being a bit weird. We don't quite... It's, it's the second one we found um and it's it's giving off all this sort of stuff that we we don't really can't really properly explain so it might be alien Mm -hmm. it might be perfectly normal (laughs) (laughs) but that's not going to get you any funding if you say it's we're simply going to get you a headline if you say but it's probably completely normal you put that down in parentheses at the bottom Uh um but we we actually you know um the big thing in the, in the '60s was atomic clocks, and oh, everything yeah. was type from atomic clocks. Yep. Well, in recent years, uh, scientists have stopped using atomic clocks as the world's most accurate clock time referencing device. Really? They now they now use uh, neutron stars. Oh. Um, because the regular pulses of the neutron star is actually even more precise than the atomic clocks and so now now they're referencing time uh, devices on earth to the pulsing of neutron stars because they are so they are so accurate now it's possible that it might be alien it's equally possible that it might be another type of pulsing astronomical uh, phenomena and who knows in 50 years time they might say it's so accurate that we're going to set our clocks by it Uh because that's what they do with neutron stars and in fact when the first neutron stars were discovered that did this weird pulsing uh, electromagnetic beam that radiated through space like a lighthouse um, or they discovered with radio telescopes in the 1960s I think it was Um, The claim was it it could be um, a representation of intelligent life because it was so regular and that no natural phenomena um, that they knew of at the time could be so regular and so uh, methodical as these pulses from the neutron stars. Mm -hmm. And then they found more and then they found more and then they found more and then they said, hang on a minute, we can use this. I, so
1: so. anyways, the U2, uh, two, uh, U-22, huh, how do you say that? Y-U-T-U, letter, number two, U-22, Chinese rover, uh, is still operating and uh, is bringing, bringing us excellent panographic pictures of the dark side of the moon. <laughs> so this
0: is exciting. It, it, it is, and actually, it's uh, that what they. There are some. There are some genuine mysteries about the um, what the what the Chinese um, have uh, not found, but uh, they're hoping that the Chinese rover and the uh, the Chinese uh, mission to the other side of the moon, uh-huh. or the dark side, might. Have, because the the moon. Uh, on the side that faces away from the Earth, doesn't have all of the cratering or as much of the cratering that it does on the side that faces us. Intriguing. Um, and they, uh, astronomers are not actually sure why. Um, that right. One side of the moon is, is much smoother and less impacted um, than the side that we see. There's the bell, which means we have to take a break. But once
1: again, uh, uh, this this proves absolutely that the nothing. Oh uh, no, this proves absolutely that the the Chinese never landed on the moon because I'm looking at a picture of it now, and I see the horizon, and there are no stars in the horizon. So therefore, it's all fake. Well, that's one. That's one of the uh, things they use yeah. for the fake of the thing. No stars. Yeah. That's right. Yep, so evidently this As every be a fake photographer
0: team. will tell you, of course, you'll never see the stars because the moon's too bright. Yep. So, anyways, there you go. <laughs> we've got to wrap it up. So, we've
1: touched a little, little bit on everything tonight. We've talked a little bit about uh, the, the famous Mr. Booty Ghost case. Uh, I mean, uh, and uh, we've talked about uh, EVPs a little bit. And, of course, we delved into all the latest astronomical, astro, whatever the hell they yeah, are. Uh, discoveries yeah. of this thing. So, there you go. And we didn't dismiss any of it. We Well, yes, we didn't. Sort of. <laughs> which, is, which is unusual for us. I know. We must <laughs> be slipping. <laughs> but it's intriguing. I, I like looking at unusual stuff. And, and I remember after a show, I got in a fight with you, a little row, but uh, on the show about uh, how I like to... Different things, uh, and I think, I it explains my personality. Of course, is that the more I know, the more I understand, and so I like to learn about anything and everything and all different mysteries, which is why I have a degree in environmental science because it encompasses all the sciences, versus the, the, just a uh, specialty. But we have to go. It's enough about me.
0: Anything, okay. anything else you'd like to? Uh, no, bring up? no, no, no. I don't need any funding. You sure? And I don't have a recent. Well, we always need funding, but I need funds, but not funding. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I, believe that, money. I believe that. I believe that Wales is going to fall off into the ocean. You're going to have a big earthquake. Quite, I predicted quite, that. Quite possible. Yeah, yeah. We did have an uh, earthquake two weeks ago. See, I'm just too good. All right, there's the tunes. We got to go. Till next time. Good night. God bless. Michael, Plush.